With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Oh, that must be the person. Recorded live. Praise the name of Jesus. God bless you. This is Jocelyn Richard with the Phrase Dance for Life. Thank you so much for coming on the call this afternoon. And who do we have here this evening? I mean, this afternoon. Who's here on the call this afternoon? Hi, my name is Valerie Parker. I'm in Tampa, Florida. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Good for you. Well, we're going to start uh, right now. So what All I'm right. going to do, I'm going to mute us, and we're going to uh, start, okay? okay? All right. Praise the name of Jesus. Welcome, welcome. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for being our Father, our God. I thank you that nothing is too difficult for you, that you are our friend and you make all things clear and well. Thank you for peace that passes all understanding. And, of course, Lord, thank you so much for calling us to the ministry of dance, to worship, to lead people in worship, to bring about peace and healing to those around us and those who experience the ministry that you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for coming this afternoon on short Notice, but I believe the Lord has given me something to share with us that will empower us to go forward as we continue to minister to the Lord. Because when things are happening in our community, this past week was in our, actually over the past couple of months, we've experienced a lot in our country and even the nations with terrorism and evil afoot and just a, a lot of things going on that shouldn't be. And then in the last week in our country, we we were witness and experienced injustice and more violence and evil. And the question comes up a lot of times for us as worship leaders, is it still time to dance? Is it still time to dance? Well, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. Yes, it is still time to dance. As a matter of fact, we should put on our dancing shoes, waving our flags of victory and praise to the Lord more than ever during these seasons, during these times of unrest, of lack of peace, of wars and rumors and wars and sickness and and devastation and poverty. We should dance even more fervently because that's what God has called us to do. And because the Lord uses our dance, and our worship, hallelujah, to bring about peace and exhibit his glory and his majesty. That's what God does with our dance, and that's biblical. Well, today, um, and one of the reasons why I was just prompted, there's a lot of things going on in uh, that's going on in the ministry that I'm leading and going on in my family, and I wanted, my heart was to say something and address what's going on, This what's been happening this week. Um, but it just seemed like it wasn't the right time. I have a online, uh, 
the Choreography Basics online course is starting tomorrow, Tuesday, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. So I was just focusing on that and getting everybody to focus on that so people can register because that's a great equipping tool. I had a conference, and I had a conference that I was I went to, and I was focusing on that. And my son is graduating, and he's off now on a special research uh, trip. And you know, so I was like, do I have time to focus on this? Do I have time to even say anything? Or even in my call to address the unrest, to address the injustice, the violence, the heartache, the fear. Is that even my purpose? Should I be doing it? Well, Sunday morning, our, pa- our pastor's away um, on a trip for um, for the ministry. He's away in Australia at a conference. So we had a guest speaker, and the guest speaker came uh, sp- and spoke, and he didn't stress anything about uh, what's going on in our community now, in our city. He didn't say anything about uh, the shootings that happened in Louisiana or that happened in Indianapolis. He didn't say anything about what happened in Dallas. He didn't say anything about Black Lives Matter, Lives Matter. He didn't address it. It was almost like he was in a, a, a vacuum and a world by himself. Um, I didn't even think of it. It, it, it didn't bother, to be honest with you, I didn't even notice it. But some of the young people were hurting, and it wasn't addressed. And one of them, young people who was very brave and outspoken, she was so upset. She said, I came to church, and no one said anything. My, the speaker didn't say anything. Nothing was done. She was hurt. She was distraught. She was confused that it wasn't addressed. And she spoke to my husband, and I didn't even know that she was upset till later, but she spoke to my husband and another of the ladies. So my husband and I said, she was right. You need to come to the church in the house of the Lord to be political. Right? To understand about health issues. It should be first established in the house of the Lord and address because if that young lady doesn't have answers and and if her she can't cry and be healed and prayed over and and voice her concerns in the house of the Lord then she's gonna go somewhere else. And she might go through a movement or an organization that is ungodly and will give her misinformation or steer her the wrong way. So I repented. I said, you know, some of my dancers, uh, you ladies and gentlemen who follow me, who are a part of the Praise Dance Life site or Facebook, or why were you connected to me? You might be feeling the same way, that there's answers, that, that you need answers, that you're, you're uh, upset, you're, you, you're confused, you're afraid, you're disillusioned, you're wondering why, what's going on, Lord, what's happening? And maybe the church the most powerful community, the most powerful nation and group in the world is not answering that. And you might question why. And like I said, as a worship leader, as a dancer, you might even question in your mind, is it still time to dance? Is anyone answering that question for you? So these things that I believe the Lord has given me over weeks and weeks, I think my, it's just I'm not going to wait any longer. I'm just going to tell you about it and prayerfully. <laughs> You receive it.
Now, first of all, worship leaders, it's very important that you and I understand this, that in for our worldview, meaning how we view the world and the circumstances in the world and the culture and the language and whatever, the laws, the government, politics, all of that, doesn't matter what it deals with, education, sexuality, or what church versus state or anything like that, racism, we have to our barometer, our foundation has to be the word of God. Not what the culture says, not what the minority or the majority says, not what our political party says or our our fraternity or sorority, I'm sorry, not what it says, not what our college says, not what our denomination says, but what the Bible says. And it's very important because when we stick to the word of God, it's going to keep us free and it's going to keep us safe and we will be able to rejoice in the midst of the storm. And we will be able, like the scripture says and the Negro spiritual says, quoted, we will be able to sing a song in a strange land if we stay to the word of God. Because let me tell you something, culture is going to change. Government is going to change. Politics are going to change because it's just man. But the word of God is never going to change. And the word of God, and if we stick, have a worldview according to what the Bible says, we can operate in any time, in any situation, in any country. It doesn't matter. Under any regime, any circumstance, if there comes a time where we have to denounce Christ, and they tell us lies and, try, and, and won't let us read the Bible, it won't matter because the word of God is in us and we operate by the truth. So this is very important that we have the world. I'm starting off with this because you, us wonder, understanding that our worldview has to be biblical is going to free us and help you understand what the, I'm going to state the, the, the teaching I'm going to give you in a few minutes. But we all have to come from that foundation that our foundation, our worldview is the Bible, not Oprah, okay? Come on now, not Oprah, but the Bible, okay? Now, first of all, according to God in the Bible, let's get something straight here. There's only one race, all right, okay? There's only one race. There's not a black race or a white race, okay? There's not a Chinese or a Puerto Rican race or a Haitian race <laughs> or Indian race. No, there's one race. We, when God in Genesis, now what the biblical view is that God is the creator of all things, right? And he created the heaven and the earth in six, in, uh, in six days and rested on the seventh day. And one of those days, the sixth day, he created man. I don't know, it might not be the sixth day, I'm sorry. Uh, he, he created man. When he created man, he created one man and he created one woman and he brought them together and he gave them a mandate. He said, multiply the earth, bear fruit, subdue and occupy. It was one, one people. Not, and we all came from Adam and Eve. So, this whole thing that you hear, and even Christians and pastors and churches say this and quote this, and it makes me cringe because it's not the biblical way God sees us. 
They say, well, the black race, the white race. No, there's only one race. That that discrimination or segregation in terms is just a ploy of the enemy to cause division among us. And also it's used to help uh, one people group think less of themselves than another or another people group think more of themselves than others, like white supremacy. Is because of that notion that, or uh, anti-Semitism, because of that notion that there's a couple of, there's two or three races, and they're the chief one. There's no such thing. There's one race. We all came from God. God made all of mankind, and he, we all descended from one couple, a man and a woman, a female. And the woman and the man were made in God's image. It wasn't a woman and a woman and a man and a man. No, that's that's not the way it was. It was a man and a woman. We all came from that. This is the biblical worldview, and it's one of us. Now, we are different, though. We have different cultures. We come from different countries, and we speak different languages. We eat and cook different foods, and God loves that. He embraces that. And he doesn't, he's not afraid and he doesn't mind that we are proud or or, uh, identify with our cultural heritage, with our language and with our country. He has no problem with that. If he had a problem with that, why every person in the Bible, when they said the the tribes of Israel, they always said their tribe. I'm from the tribe of Asher. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. David, from the tribe of uh, Jesse. They always talked about Paul. Even he said, I'm a Roman citizen. In the the Bible, almost every time they talked about someone, they talked about where they were from, their culture. The first, the first, in, um, in Acts, the first person uh, who was converted was an Ethiopian. He was an Ethiopian eunuch riding on, uh, riding on a trip, and he was the first person converted to Christianity from Africa, a person from Africa. God doesn't have any problem with us identifying with our cultural heritage, with who, we, who he's made us to be. There's a great theologian named Nas. And he was a man on fire for God. And he gave everything for, for, uh, for the Lord. And he wrote one, some of the major doctrines that we still hear today. And he would pray all the time, Lord, give me Scotland or give me Tap. He Why would he say that? He cried out for his people, Scotland, so bad. He wanted them to turn to the Lord so much that he said, Give me, give my life so they would get turned to the Lord. That's how passionate, because he felt called to his people. He felt called to his country and the nation of Scotland. Was there anything wrong with that? No. Does God smile about that? No. Okay? So let's get be free in that. Let's be free in that. that that's okay. If you're African-American and you love collard greens, that, that's all right. Oh, it. <laughs> I know I do. I like bumble and jambalaya, too. Okay? There's nothing wrong with that. If you're from Puerto Rico and you love your music and your language and you want to speak Spanish and teach your children Spanish, that's wonderful. Go with that. Don't let anybody uh, make you feel that you're less of a Christian because you love your language and your music and your, your, uh, your food. That's fine. 
okay? Because remember, we all came from one people, any one man and one woman, anyone. We're all in the beginning came as one, okay? So let's. I want us to be free in that, okay? Let's get a biblical worldview, right? Now, what is racism? I had to get a little help from the dictionary for that one. It says, okay, racism is a belief that race, and this is what this dictionary says, or a people, I'll change it to a people group, uh, a culture, is a primary determinant of human traits and capabilities that difference and produces an inherent superiority over another group. That's racism. Okay? That's racism. It's treating someone, uh, setting up systems and rules and just morals and cultural to suppress another people group. Like, for instance, the Europeans that came to this country and there were already people here living here, but they used racism to suppress the people that were living here, or the Sioux people, the Ingo people, the Navajo people. They used systems to suppress them uh, so that they can take their land. And then, and this is the Europeans, I'm just using them as an example. They don't own it. You're, the, oh, they, they, they don't own racism, okay? But anyway, then. Um, later on, uh, let's say, for example, um, Portugal. Portugal used racism to give themselves a way or an excuse to enslave the African people of Angola and to sell those, uh, those people, to kidnap them from their land in Angola and take them over the Atlantic Ocean to uh, Brazil. No, not, yeah, not, am I saying it right? Yes, Brazil, which is, far, which is very far away in South America. And to use these people to till the land and to build cities and things like that. So this, that's just an example. And that's what it is, okay? What does it sound like to you? Sin, right? Evilness, meanness, trickery, sin. Sin, that's what it is. That's what racism is. It's sin. We have no right to hate anyone, okay? No one has any right to do that. It's sin. Stealing is sin. Lying and cheating is sin. Racism is a sin, okay? So for our benefit, what we're going to look at is I'm going to talk to us and look, we're going to read Second Chronicles uh, 7.14. If I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or if I commend the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, and my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer offered in, the, in this place. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name may be there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. As for you... 
if you walk before me as your father David walked, even to do according to all that I have commanded you, and will keep my statutes and my ordinances, then I will establish your royal throne as I converted with you, father, a covenant with you, your father David, saying, "Ye shall not lack a man for a ruler in Israel." So far, the scriptures. Now I read that scripture for us this afternoon as an example of how the church, worship leaders, us, we can stop racism. We can stop violence and injustice. We can stop it. And in this example, God was speaking to the children of David and his children of Israel, and God reminded them, listen, I, I am in charge of the weather. <laughs> I'm in charge of snow and sleet and wind and rain, hurricanes and tornadoes, and I can make them come and I can make them go. I'm in charge of the rain. He reminds us, I'm God Almighty. I, I can do great things. And he reminded them that sometimes natural disasters happen, like pestilence and disease, um, that the, things that they have no control over, that man can't control over, the locusts. He reminded them, but I'm God. I'm your father. I'm your friend. I love you. I can heal that. I can change that. I can make that new. And that's what we can do. And I won't, because, listen, we're part of the children of God, the nation of God. We're part of the kingdom of God. The church universal, the church of God, even the church of the United States is more powerful and bigger than any other organization. And we have more strength and more power to do what God has called us to do, to change this nation, even change the heart of man. But there's some things we have to do. There's some conditions. Number one, see, he, the Lord said, listen, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Now, first, I want us to understand this. And remember what we said, that racism and bigotry and injustice is sin. It's sin. And we might as well be honest and understand this, that people that don't know Jesus and don't love him and want to love him, they're sinners. What do sinners do? Let's say, it, let's say it together. Sinners sin. They are expected to sin. We look to them to sin. That's why we preach the gospel, and that's why they need Jesus. But the people of God, us, the church universal, we are not supposed to continue in sin. You see? See, that's why the Lord said, if my people would humble themselves, we're not supposed to continue in sin. So when God comes to judge, when he comes to judge us, he's not going to judge a sinner. Well, sinner, uh, sinner man, sinner woman, you hated Jocelyn uh, because she was black, and you didn't go to her de- conference because she was the host, and you really have a problem in, uh, uh, with someone teaching you and speaking to you over you who has black dark skin, who's black. You just have a problem feeling that she's qualified. Let's say you're not black. If someone doesn't know Christ and they don't know Jesus, we understand. 
But the problem comes and where it's wrong is with the Christian, where the church acts and feels the same way as the world, as the sinner. And that's where we have to humble ourselves. He said, first, if you humble them, we have to unhumble ourselves and acknowledge and realize that we are wrong, that it does exist, that we are, we do commit and demonstrate racism in the church. We do, because, listen, that's the first thing. I'm not talking about heal the past or repent for the past. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about, we talk about today and we talk about Sunday coming, Sunday morning coming. We're sinning. My city I live in is about, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's almost 50-50. I think it's like 59% white people and the other 58 or, you know, I'm not good at math. But it's almost 50-50. But in the churches, I mean, there might be one or two churches in, this, in my city where it represents the statistics of the, the the city. You go to one church, it's either all black, and then you go to another church, it's either all white, and maybe one or two little sprinkles of a, of a black family. We went to a church for about five years, and we were that black family. <laughs> it was funny. Why is that? Is God pleased with that? No. And when God comes, is he going to judge the the man or the woman who doesn't even know him for their racism? Or their sin, their evil, no, he's going to judge us because we're not doing what he's called us to do. He did not call us to separate ourselves and be mean to each other. And, you know, he did not, he called us to come together. That's where we have to humble ourselves. We have to humble ourselves and say, listen, God called us to be better as a church. We can go to the mall in my city, like I said, that's 50 In the mall, when you see there, it represents the city. When I go to Macy's, it's, you look around, it's 50-50. When we go to the car dealership, it's 50-50. The museum, when you go to, it's 50-50. The, the schools aren't that way, but the parks, when we go to the game we love, the Georgia Bulldogs, when we go, it's, it's well, it's about 50-50. You know, but when you walk in Walmart, it's 50-50. But when we go to the church, it's separated. God, that's not that's not pleasing to God. That's not humbling ourselves. Do we have to change doctrine doctrines or listen to different music? Yeah, that's okay. That's not when listen to different music and you can keep your way you baptize and I keep the way I baptize and if you don't want to speak in tongues, that's fine, don't. But we should still be different than the world. If the world can get together for a football game and go to the mall, surely the church of the living God who has more power and who has the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of love, and one of the fruits of the spirit is love, peace, joy, kindness, and acceptance. Surely we could come together. So that's why we have to humble ourselves. First we have to humble ourselves. I'm talking to the church. This is the church's God, not the sinner job, I'm sorry. Not the sinner who has not Christ. That that man, that woman who has hatred in their heart and racism in their heart, they can't love. But we can love. We can love because we have the Holy Spirit and God has given us the spirit of love. One of the fruits that we have in is love. 
So that's the first thing we have to do. If our land is going to be healed, we have to humble ourselves and say, yes, we have sinned. We have sinned. Those wicked, that we have sinned. We have sinned just as badly as others have sinned uh, against man because we hate our brother and sister in Christ. And we do hate them. We think they're lesser because their skin is different or their language is different or they come from a different country. So we have to humble ourselves, acknowledge that. Acknowledge that. And that's, and it shouldn't be in the church. And that it could be one of the reasons why we have not infiltrated our cities is because it looks like we're hypocrites. It really does. It's like, okay, y'all so, so loving. Y'all got Jesus' love on you. Well, why can't y'all come together in y'all little group? My husband in this city was part of BMI. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's like a, a, a chamber business company. And I went to one of their meetings, and it was multicultural. It was all different shapes, sizes, and groups, religions in there. But what was their common ground? Business for the city. Our common ground is greater. Our common ground is saving our city for Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, who will come back to judge the quick and the dead, and he will judge the church, and he's going to judge us on whether we sin or not, whether we love each other. That's what he's going to judge. He's not going to judge the sinner on what he judges us on. He's going to judge us if we love him, right? So that's one thing. It says if my people call by the name will humble themselves. Okay, I only have a few more minutes. I'm over. Oh, I'm almost finished. Well, call my name humble themselves. So that's humbling ourselves. I acknowledge that we're wrong, that it's wrong. Acknowledge that these segregated churches, and everybody says that, even Dr. King said, the most segregated hour in the country, and that was only 50 years ago, is 11 o'clock, and it's true. Now, when I went to church Sunday, it was mixed up. My church looks, <laughs> my church is not perfect, and it's a small little church, but we look like the city that I live in. We look just like the city I live in. Thank God, and I'm just blessed to be part of that place. Now. Uh, so, he said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek their, and turn from their wicked ways. See, we got to humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways. See, see, God, when he wants a change in the nation, he talks to his people. The country is not going to change until the church changes. It sets an example. We have to change and set an example. And to make it a hard and, 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 and an environment of condemnation, if someone wants to stop, you, my son is 17 years old. And um, he's a young black man. He just looks like a young black kid. And he's already been profiled. Profile meaning... Because he's a young black kid, he's, it's assumed that he's there for no good, wherever he is. On the elevator, we went on a trip to college trip, and, and the lady, a, a white lady, saw my son and said, oh, no, wait till he gets off. Yes, she did. He, he was hurt by that. She said, Mom, you know what just happened? He was hurt by that. Okay? But we don't know if she's a believer or not. She's a sinner. Well, she's ignorant and hateful. That's her job, to be that. 
But it happens in the church, too. It's happened to him in church, and it's happened to me in church. So that's what we had to do. We had to humble ourselves and really, now we have to pray. Now we have to pray, okay? And let me just stop. You know, I'm not saying that that it's only, uh, that only black people experience racism. Everybody experiences, because really is, is hate. That's really what it is. I mean, if you boil it down, you know, it has a little fancy terms, but it's just hate. Everybody hates experience, has experienced hate and bullying and mistreated treatment. What I'm trying to teach us today is it shouldn't be in the church. Whether you're black or white or Latino or uh, from Asian descent or Native American, you shouldn't have hate in the church. We should not be divided in the church. Okay? It's wrong. So he said, so humble ourselves. Turn from our wicked ways and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven to give your sin and will heal your limbs. That's what's going to happen. We're going to turn from our wicked ways. We're going to stop hating our brother in Christ, our sister in Christ, and then the people, the community that don't know them. We're going to stop it. We're going to just stop hating. We're going to, it's not, we can't do it on our own, right? But we're going to trust that the Holy Spirit is going to give us the power to stop the hating. And we're going to stop the hating, and we're going to come together, and this is where worship leaders come in place. This is perfect. We're going to come together and we pray. Do you know that you could do a prayer dance? That praying is not only just talking and it's not just silent and it's not just being still. You know that you could choreograph an awesome unified prayer dance. You can get the flag of your city and the flag of your country or this country and you can wave it over as a banner uh, acknowledging that God rules over this city, that God rules over this nation. Do you know that the church of the living God, that Jesus Christ, has so much power? Do you know that there are more Christians than non-Christians? There are more Christians than Democrats. There are more Christians than Republicans or conservatives or liberals. or It doesn't matter. Okay? God didn't call us to those things. He called us to be kingdom builders, be the foundation of our word. Uh, of the Lord's Bible, the Word of God. And if we turn ourselves over to Christ, if we humble ourselves and call on his name and pray without ceasing, he will heal the man. That means he can change people's hearts. He's done it before. He's done it so many times. He's done it in the Bible. Peter got up to preach, and he preached the Word, and they would shout, and people would talking and shouting, and hearts would change. Thousands came to the Lord from many, many nations in Acts. That's what the speaking in tongues was. The speaking in tongues was people were speaking in their own language. And the miracle was, even though they were speaking in their own language, they all understood. They all understood. That's what happened. Peter got up and preached Jesus, and they were all people from different countries and nations and and people groups and backgrounds, eating different foods, loving different music. When they heard about Jesus, the Son of the Living God, it didn't matter. They responded. Their hearts were changed, and thousands and thousands were added to the church daily. 
That's how powerful Jesus is. Don't let anybody lie to you and tell you he's not powerful, that the church of the living God is not powerful. If the church of the living now is infinite and not powerful in our, in our country right now because we haven't lived it yet. We haven't lived church yet. When we come together and we praise him with the timbrel and the dance and we the high-sounding instruments and we sing songs of glorious praise and we clap and we dance and we shout and we preach and we, we sing all those things as one people. They haven't seen it yet. The sinners haven't seen it yet. They haven't seen it yet. All they see is you go do your little favorite thing over there in your little white church, and you go you do your little thing over there in your little black church and your uh, Korean church, and y'all do y'all. Oh, y'all can come together for work and to go to Walmart, but y'all can't come together to serve your God. Well, how big is your God for real? But once we do come together, and we practice church, and we implement Acts 2, because that's what happened in Acts 2. And by the way, that's what's going to happen in, in heaven. That's what's going to happen in heaven. When that happens, the, we will change the atmosphere. We will change the community, and we will change hard hearts, and people will want to be delivered. And they will be scared. They would be scared just to, to be unjust to someone just because they're different. They would be scared. That's the power of the church of the living God, and that's the power that we have and what we can do. If we humble ourselves, seek God's face, turn from our wicked ways, and pray, God will heal our land. Only God can do it. God will stop the hatred and the the trickery and the lies and the cover-ups and the deceit that's been going on for years, going on since I was born. What they're doing with the black men now, stopping them. I mean, on Facebook, everybody, my my good friend of my family, he said he was going on a trip and he was scared to go. (laughs) This is a big old man, very successful insurance agent. He said he was scared to go on a trip because of everything was happening. He would be pulled over and someone would retaliate him. But you know what? The hatred and the 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 um the targeting African Americans and especially African American males, that's been going on before I was born. I was born in nineteen sixty five and it's been going on. And when is it gonna change? It's gonna change when the church, when the world sees the church not having it. When the world sees that. Then it'll change. Then we'll have relevance. Then that young person who came into my church yesterday who was so sad and so distraught, she'll have answers. She'll have answers. She'll have understanding. So it is still time to dance. We need to dance like never before. I would love for us to get together and have a community dance because sometimes I said all this and only a few people will hear it. (laughs) And I just have a little voice. But my dance is big, right? But wouldn't it be awesome if we choreographed and sponsored a community dance with everybody, not just your church? Because if your church is the average church, it might not be. If it's the average church, it's only your culture there. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) but if you got different churches together and different denominations together and did a community love dance, a community dance, a Chronicles 2, uh, 714 dance or Acts, 
of the powerful dance and showed the glory and majesty of Jesus and did a prophetic dance over your city and over your community and that would change and add protection and, and, and change in the environment. That would just be awesome if we did that. If we did that, because we could start a revival, we could start a change, and it's easy for us artists to do that, us creative people to do that. It might take years for pastors to do that. I remember uh, last year when in in South Carolina when those those people, the church, the Amy Church in in Charleston, South Carolina, when the man came in there and killed them, uh, executed them because they were black and, be- and because they were Christian. And um, one of my old pastors, he got well on his blog, and he said that after that happened, he went across the street to a church, that was a smaller church across the street that he never visited before. His church was an all-white church, and a church he never visited before across the street it was an all-black church. So my question is, all these years, the church is across the street, and you never even went over there? You're a pastor in the city, and the city is, like, really small. And you never went over there to say hello to this happen? Because it's hard for them. Because why? They haven't humbled themselves. But see, us worship leaders, we humble ourselves all day, every day. I think it's easier for us because we're amiable. We're creative people. We don't mind, you know, dancing, kicking our legs up. It's stuff. It's nothing for us to go across the street. You know what I'm saying? So if we wait, if we wait on a large church, it might take too long. But us as worship leaders, we need to do it now. We need to just get a community dance going. Just, just call them up, send a flyer out, or just, I don't know. You just, you're creative. You do it to get them there. And make sure it's a whole lot of different folk of God's people in there. And we can make a change, and we can make a difference. A community prayer dance. And we can make a change, and we can make a difference. And our way of warfare is different than any other's. Well, I only wanted to keep you a half hour, but I have I, I didn't cover everything, but m- maybe there'll be other opportunities. But I just want to make sure that we understand that you really understand that we are one people. God didn't make three or four different races, two and three. That's that's heresy. Okay, we go by the biblical worldview of who we are as human beings, and we're one. We came from Adam, and we came from Eve. One woman. I mean, one man and one woman, and let's get that clear, too. Might as well cover all issues, okay? And I'll need a vote on it. My denomination, they were supposed to have a vote on homosexuality. I said, I'm not, I'm not partaking. I don't need to vote on anything. The Bible is clear. There's no gray area. Therefore, this is why a man should leave his mother and join with his wife, and they shall be one. There's no, there's no gray area there. What do we need to be voting on? I'm sorry. I'm not wasting my time. Y'all go ahead and vote. Not me. <laughs> and if y'all don't vote the right way, I will be moving. I will be leaving. So <laughs> you better believe that. <laughs> you know, we have to let the Bible dictate our views and our understanding and our actions, not culture and not feelings 
because they're going to change. Not mandates, not even laws, because man-made laws can sometimes be wrong and they change. As a matter of fact, just a few years ago, my name is Jocelyn Richard, but a few years ago, I wouldn't have been even allowed to go on a bus. <laughs> but that law changed, so you can't just be laws. It's got to be the Bible. It's got to be the Bible. Well, anyway, praise the Lord. We're gonna, I'm going to leave you with the good news, of course. The good news is God is in charge, and he's looking for us worship leaders to stand in our place, to humble ourselves and pray, to turn from our wicked lives, call upon him, and pray together and build unity because this is what he's going to use in these last and evil days. He's using the church, but we have to be the church. We have to be the church. And he's using worship leaders, dancers, as a visual, a visual expression of God's love and his, under, and his love and his compassion. Now I'm going to pray. Father God, we lift up the families, the families of the Dallas police in the name of Jesus. We just could no way understand their grief. Heal them, Father God. Heal their grief. Comfort them. Use this as a way to bring them to you and to learn of you if they don't already know you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And continue to keep that city and that department safe and all the cities around this great country, Father God. We give this country back to you. We give this country to you, Father God. You promised that if we pray and humble ourselves, you will heal our land. Our land needs healing, God. Heal our land and call this country to righteousness. Father God, we lift up the churches. We would stop being bigots in our churches. We would stop uh, keeping people out, but we would bring each other together to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. We come against the racism that exists and the conspiracy and the trickery and the lies to, to demonize the black man. We come against it in the name of the Lord Jesus, and we command it to stop in Jesus' name, Father God, in the name of Jesus. We come against hate. We come against hate in the name of the Lord Jesus. And let it be replaced with love, peace, and joy. These are the fruits of your Holy Spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus. And above all, God, let the church be one. Let the church stand in victory in the name of the Lord Jesus, as so many of us before have died for and been an example of what you can do with a people who are called by your name and totally bent on and devoted to proclaiming you as Lord and King of all. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming this afternoon. You have a great day in the Lord. And I forgot to tell you, please don't forget that the if you haven't registered for the Choreography for Worship online video e-course, you need to do it because the Lord is, if even if you've taken it before, register again. <laughs> I mean, I think if you've taken it, now if you've taken it before, you have lifetime um, access, so you don't have to pay again. But definitely come on to the calls and things. But if you haven't taken it, taken it. I give you over 40 training on-demand videos that you have access to right away. I'll email it to you. 
but also the live calls. I'm going to give you train, new training and insight, and I'm going to talk with you, hold your hand, and help you with your dance ministry. Like today we had too many people on the call. I couldn't take your prayer requests. I couldn't take your questions. But in when you join the school, the online school, I, you have access to me. I've been involved in dance ministry since 1987, and I know a thing or two. <laughs> and the Lord has helped me and guided me so that I can help you. So enjoy that. I talked to one of the students today. She was asking me a question about the, the, the site, the training site, and so I called her. And we had an opportunity to talk, and I was able to minister to her, and she ministered to me too. See, this is the thing that happens when you join the school. And by the way, let me tell everyone that Visual Praise Ministry is in the Praise Dance for Life, which I am director of, is the first online Christian dance school. The first one, there are many that started after me, and most of them have called me and asked me, how Jocelyn, how you did it? And me being naive, not knowing, I told them. <laughs> and hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have told them. But anyway, I told them, and we had calls, and I chat with them, and they brought my classes and saw how I did mine. And now, so mine is not the only one now, but this one is the first one. So just in case you're comparing uh, this course to other courses, remember this one was the first one. And uh, so that proves to you that it must be good as others are copying. Ah, yeah, I said it, and it's true. So um, there you go. You have it. And I love you with the love of the Lord. Have a great day. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.